0: Welcome to Rise With Certainty, the podcast. My name's Jessica Marie. I am your host. I'm a woman's empowerment coach, spiritual business mentor, wealth coach, and manifestation queen. And we are here to bring you the conversations that will expand your mind and allow you to step into the best version of you yet. Everything you hear in this podcast, it's designed to expand you in ways that you haven't experienced before. This is where we do things differently. And remember, anything is possible. Hey, hello, welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am really excited to be bringing back this kind of a conversation. Today I have the amazing Georgia joining to talk about celibacy and all things self-love, intimacy, I'm not really sure what's going to come out of this conversation, <laughs> Georgia's an amazing client of mine working together one-on-one and she's just epic. So she's a celebrant. Can you believe it? So she's a celebrant here in Australia, embodying all the spiritual and self-love, making it different and more beautiful than I've ever seen it, truthfully, and she's a self-love mentor and I'm really grateful to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor
1: to be here and to chat with you and thank you for the incredible intro.
0: My absolute pleasure. You deserve no less. I feel like you deserve a more of an intro, actually. And I really love what you share about celibacy and about the devotion to self. Right, and this is the conversation that we get to have. And I've spoken about it many times before. And this conversation lands so deeply with the listeners and all of the women that tune into this. So I love that we get to take it to the next level. So. I guess the idea for this episode sparked because I just ended my celibacy a couple months ago, a few months ago, and you also had a similar journey, which was a really pivotal point in your life, right? Yeah. Um Throughout the year of 2020, from
1: towards the end of 2019 to towards the end of 2020, I devoted 13 moons of intentional celibacy um, to myself, which was, Yes, yeah, such a a life changing experience for me, um, and yeah, it was it was incredible. It was life changing, but I just want to preface before I um, speak too much is like yes, celibacy. Like I feel like celibacy created the, the container. I feel like it created the commitment to myself where I could. But everything else was able to deepen and I was able to go deeper into my practices and I was able to, I guess, work through and bring surface and love and do all the things, do all the practices that supported my inner union journey. But I feel like celibacy itself was the, and the intentional celibacy, not just celibacy, but being very intentional about it, being intentional that it was going to be for 13 moons, um, that part, I think, created the container. So it, it, it's just one tool that I use, um, I guess in my self-love, in my inner union journey, that that was super transformative.
0: Amazing. Beautiful. I want to get right in deep. Why did you start it? What made you want to start that celibacy? Was it, it, did you start in 2020 or before that? Before that, I started,
1: um, in 2019, I was actually in Guatemala. Um I was living in San Marcos and I up until this point I'd been single for 5 years at, at exactly like it just gone over a month of single for 5 years and yeah obviously being single for 5 years like that in itself is a journey. You know, you go through years of heartbreak and then um But in my journey, especially I had years of depression and um, body shame and everything that was lingering from my teenage years. And also in that five years, I was traveling full-time solo around the world. So I guess I never, I was never um, emotionally, say, available to be in relationship, even though I knew it was something I had deeply yearned and something I deeply craved. I didn't um, really know how to approach that, that 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 situation, that topic. And I also spent a lot of time in those five years, like not having sex, not intentionally celibate, just not having sex because of my own insecurities and just things that were coming up. And so I remember during this last year, so during the year of 2019, I... It started becoming aware that I was I was creating this partnership and I was feel I felt like I was ready for it. I was like, okay, I've been single for so long now I feel like this is something that is close and up until that point I like I was reflecting on my relationship with men and there had there had been so many different circumstances like times where, I was avoidant. Times where I would fall. Times where I would fall really quickly. Yeah, like I guess all of the things you could imagine uh, a young single twenty-year-old woman goes through. I guess all of the relationship scenarios had played out. Um, So yeah, I I had the turn of being avoidant. I had the turn of the I played the role of being the more attached one. You know, I experienced the more. And yeah, it so bring us back to Guatemala. it was i was it was yeah, towards the end of two thousand and nineteen, and it was the most beautiful day we, we were celebrating um early Christmas. And I remember one of my one of my beautiful friends, we got chatting, we got chatting about love and men and relationships, and she actually told me that she had the year before or just that year finished um a 13 moon journey of celibacy of intentional celibacy and there, there wasn't any like this isn't like a 13 moon intentional gel- um celibacy thing that created it was just the the time the dedication that she had um devoted herself to and i guess a, a lot of us speak in moons rather than months so it, it's just what felt resonant and when she said that she had been celibate for 13 moons and shared a little bit about her journey I really can't remember too much now it's just deeply deeply awakened something in me and it awakened something in my womb in my heart and my body was just a full fuck yes. Yeah. and the day she actually told me this was the new moon and so to me it just made sense of like oh I have like I have to start today. I have to start on this new moon. Like, what am I waiting for? And, yeah, so I remember that day journaling and I remember thinking, you know, setting my intention and really thinking, like, why, why am I doing this? And something that really was coming through at that time was to strengthen and um, really build an incredible and a strong, healthy relationship with the masculine. And so for me at that stage in particular, it was about, yeah building this healthy relationship with the masculine because I had experienced so um, I guess a full spectrum of experiences with men I'd experienced giving myself away and blah 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 all the things I said before plus more Um, so yeah at that point I was like I I knew there was more I knew there was more I was aware that I was craving this relationship but yet what even was my relationship with the masculine like I'm I'm calling in this man, but what even is my relationship with men? And so that was really the, the the opening of of why I chose to be intentionally celibate. And um yeah, I'm sure we'll get into this, but it 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 day by day it deepened
0: and it transformed in more and more layers. My gosh, that is so beautiful. And you know what's so funny? So you're started in Guatemala. That is so wild because mine finished in Guatemala (laughs) mine finished in Antigua in Guatemala basically when I was in actually San Marcos or like what's it called like Atitlan is where I was like okay this is ending and then the next place I moved was Antigua and I met the most amazing man and we had three days of really beautiful connection and I officially ended my celibacy where yours started three years later wow so incredible yeah, of that. I love that. I'm not surprised for Guatemala, like such sacred land. It's super sacred. And when we start to tap into this stuff, you kind of, everything is so connected, right? And it's that person that you met that had that conversation that in line perfectly with the new moon, which meant you were able to just dive in and start it straight away instead of waiting for a certain day and you were able to start on such a like oh my god that lake is so sacred that oh that's such a beautiful place to start this journey that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that and I guess it's similar to everyone has different reasons and it's similar and different for why we started I definitely started for this kind of same reasons it's like I'm calling in that relationship that I know that I deserve and currently I'm not calling that in energetically. Like currently the people that I'm meeting are not a match for that. So how can you turn inwards? How can you cultivate more in order to change yourself, to change what you attract, right? It's mm, so yum. Yeah, exactly. Did you have any practices or anything throughout? Did you make it up as you went along or did you have specific practices that you felt called to create? No, I
1: just made it up as I went along and – um It was funny because, yeah, up until that, then I had traveled solo for five years and about two months, two to three months into my journey, I, my travels ended up taking me back to Australia and I ended up in a home, like living in a home and being grounded and having my own space, which I created like beautiful queendom, I called it, and I, um, like I'd never had a space in my adult life. I'd never had my own room like this and so I just I just all all this magic just poured out of me into this space and I remember making above my bed I had my bed um my mattress on some pallets on the floor and I got these two big beautiful sticks and put them in like a triangle above. And then like made this little altar in the middle that was hanging. And then I had, um, one side is the masculine and one side is the feminine. And it was just really beautiful to, to sleep in that energy. And, um, so I, and then I also, I, I, when I was setting up my room, I had this big full length mirror and I set it up and I just happened to put, I just happened to make my, another altar, like my really big altar in front of my mirror on the floor. And so, like, I'm someone who just sits at, uh, will just work with my altar every day. And so I ended up working with my altar every day and then looking at myself in the mirror every day. And so I did that year of really intense mirror work. And at that time, I I didn't really, I didn't know that mirror work was actually a thing until I think last year or the year before, people were talking about mirror work. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, it's like, That is something I have done and, like, did every day for a year and it actually was fucking incredible and life-changing. So, and I, yeah, I really just made it up as I went along. I was doing, throughout the journey, like I said before, um, it it, it deepened and layers are peeling back and that commitment to myself, that those taking those vows, honouring myself in that way, telling the universe this is what I'm doing. The universe really, she meets you in that, right? And so she was giving me opportunities to explore um, what I've been practicing. She was giving me opportunities to look at wounds that were coming up, look at stuff that was coming up and and approach it in a really loving way and approach it in a way where I was able to, yeah,
0: alchemize it into love. (laughs) That is so beautiful, babe. Holy shit. So this is something that's so freaking important and you saying that you devoted yourself every single morning to looking in the mirror and to loving yourself, I think if I'm to think of what I thought celibacy was before I started celibacy, it's, oh, you're just not having sex. Oh, you just, I haven't had sex in six months, so I'm celibate. And actually, no, it's so much deeper than that, at least in this space. And there's no right or wrong way However, I think it's this deepening, this sacred act of connection to self and changing your story, like from deep, deep, deep down, it is actually spending the time every single day to make the celibacy a priority, to make devotion to yourself and it gets deeper and it's like somebody asked me, but how did you feel with not pleasuring yourself for that long? And I was like, I had experienced the most pleasure I'd ever experienced in my whole life because I gave it all to myself. Right. Whether it's physically or with what you said, like devoting your time to yourself and looking at yourself at a new light. That I'm just getting goosebumps that I even remember this. Like that pleasure that comes from that then becomes your standard. Then you're like, I don't need sex or a man in order to feel pleasure this is what pleasure gets to be like, right? Yeah,
1: I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, um did, did you, were you masturbating throughout your celibacy?
0: Yeah, it was actually I started learning how to. I learned how to self-pleasure myself in ways that I'd never before. And it was the first time I really learned to enjoy it. Like crazy that I can think it used to just, I, I literally didn't know how until I went, you're gonna learn your body, and you're gonna learn how. <laughs> Did you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was the exact same. I actually had a lot of shame around. When, after I would masturbate, I would always feel really guilty or weird, or like I'd done something wrong. And it wasn't until that year where I, um, like, I'd he- I'd learned about sex magic before. I'd learned about um, self pleasure, but I hadn't really put it into action. And so, yeah, having that year to explore myself and, you know, to just romanticize the fuck out of my time with myself, you know, like I would turn on all my candles, light incense, you know, get my room feeling so incredible and then seduce myself, you know, and love on myself and, and really play with sex magic and really play with my orgasm as well, my life force energy. A lot of the time I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't feel the orgasm I would move it around my body and be in deep meditation and 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 then create with that energy like move it into my hands and then create and yeah I got to explore my eros which which I never had and actually it's something a really potent thing is so going into this it was very much about yeah, um creating this incredible relationship with the masculine but Through this journey, I actually realized that I was living so much in my masculine as well, so much in, like, my over-masculine. And it wasn't until this devotion where I actually got to soften and I actually got to my feminine. I actually got to meet my feminine and my feminine came online. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? That, that, that is really, I think, like, one of the key elements as to why it was so transformative was because I finally, like, descended into my feminine. I finally felt her. I was like, holy fuck, I've been living with my masculine all these years, which it is, yeah, I've been living from this independent woman archetype for years, which is amazing and it's so beautiful. Every woman needs to cultivate that independence and that strength. And we also need to be able to soften and be in our feminine as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So many, so many revelations over the year.
0: I know we've, I, I feel like we just touched on like the scratch the surface, but oh my God, that's so important. The balance of the masculine and the feminine. And societally, it's so normal and easy for women to just be masculine and work and do things and do that. And, You know, maybe it actually does take that deep devotion to self to actually feel the ancientness of the feminine. And I love that you mentioned sex magic. Like, I really love it. and I'm so happy that this made it into this conversation because it is. It truly is, and it can sound woo-woo, it can sound not. It's actually been around for thousands of years, like thousands. And when we tap into this space, like you said, the goal of sex isn't about reaching orgasm. It's not about that. It's creation. The energy that comes from that—it's sensual. It's magnetic as fuck, right? And what you get to create from that place is just—it actually can exceed all linear, physical, physio- physio- what's the word? Physical things that make any sense. And it just gets to be magic. And I think. I'm sure you've experienced this and I want to hear more of the truth in that, like what you get to create when you learn to create this magic from within yourself. For sure. For sure. When we
1: actually turn inwards and we actually realize that, oh my God, I can, I can do, I can do these things. I can hold myself. I think that was actually something really powerful that came through in my journey was, um, you know, when I was actually, when I was pleasuring myself rather than, thinking like oh there's this man with me it was more about like what's going in within my own bones like what what's my union? like you know how can that turn me on how can I turn myself on rather than externally thinking there is this man pleasure me which sometimes it's how a lot of us um, turning ourselves on right it's imagining that we're like making love with this man or something a woman or you know whatever but yeah it it really just brought this whole new sense of like wow I I can I can truly give myself what I need I can be with myself if I'm craving a cuddle I actually can give that to myself like whatever it is I need and not from a I don't need you point of view but from like a how can I how can I self-resource how can I hold myself in this moment you know how can I come into a healthy masculine and a healthy feminine rather than a wounded masculine of like, I don't need you. Actually, because that that just reminded me. That is very much what I was living in before this journey. Is yes, I craved this, but I never was vulnerable enough to express it or own it. You know, I was very Yeah, would never ever, ever admit that that I yearn for that or that that's what I was craving or that's what I wanted. It was very like this hard shell when it came to intimacy.
0: Wow and oh my gosh you know that is so important. I know I even know personally and I, I'm sure there's many that don't even speak about it how many women just go searching for it externally when they feel like they need it and it could even be unconscious. Like whether you're a hard facing or you might not even know that you're doing it, but I know so many women that will go out and have sex and be into it with guys and then regret it. And it works both ways. Like men do it as well. And it's because you're not you're not tuning into yourself and giving it to yourself. And that is everything. And it's not because like you said, it's not because you don't need it externally, but it becomes an expansion. It becomes I'm doing it with somebody else because I want to make it bigger but I'm not doing it because I am without I'm not lacking yeah I'll I'll share this this story um
1: so I I I met this man I met this man and we were just friends like fully platonic and he slept over in my bed one time and it was fully platonic and then in the morning I don't know what came over me, but I just started kissing him and I started looking up with him. And like this, just to like, um, let everyone know, this was like, not in my, um, boundaries of, cel- of my intentional celibacy. So it was like, I was doing this thing and it was, it was really weird and you know he was was this so was this during your celibacy, yeah, so you could say this was like a slip up or something, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I was we were making out, and I was on top of him, like beautiful man, and we've been kissing for I don't know a few minutes or whatever, you know I was on top of him, and this dialogue in my mind started happening, and one part of me was like, okay, Georgia. You've been kissing for a while now. Um, you should give him a blowjob or you should go down on him or you should do something different. Like you should, the words were like put out, like this high school language of like, you need to put out, otherwise you will be rejected. Otherwise he won't like you. You know, it's like this, these high school narratives were coming up while I was literally like on top of this man. And the other half of my brain was like, "No," other was like, "What? Like I don't need to do that. Like I don't want to do that." And it was this internal um fight for for a few seconds while I was on top of him, the and then I just ended up stopping. I just had to stop, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Um, obviously, I said like, "Sorry," and explained. A little bit but I was just so deep in this process of unraveling this story that had been ruling my life since I was and I've been sexually active since I was 14 like this story came to the surface in that moment where I was finally able to reclaim it and I was finally able to rewrite it like I do not have to do this like I can stop at any moment Like this is no longer a yes in my body. This was a yes for like a second. I don't know where this idea came from but it was there and I followed that urge and then now it's a no and now I'm being shown that this happening is coming up where I'm putting pressure on myself to to do something I actually don't want to do. And so this process was huge because in that moment I realized, oh, my God. How many times have I done this? How many times have I, let's say, given a blowjob or made love with someone because I felt like it's what I had to do to, to, for whatever, to be validated in some way, to be liked, to be kept around. And it was huge. It was huge. And, and yeah, then since then, since that moment, Like everything changed within that that realm, like my boundaries. It it was like this real confirmation. Obviously, that yet rewriting that story rippled out into my life in so many ways, as it would. Um, but but that slip up in particular was so profound because of that. And after that slip up, like for the next days, next weeks, I felt so much guilt. I felt so much shame because I I basically cheated on myself. And so in that moment I I didn't quite see um the silver lining to it. It wasn't until later on where I was like actually Georgia if you didn't have that slip up you may not have had that breakthrough. You may not have had that lesson drop in. And so this is why you know if someone does come to me and they're, they're practicing intentional celibacy and they have slipped up it's like that's okay like what what was the lesson in that? You know? And not beating ourselves up, but like, what? What actually? What was? What happened there? You know, because there's always a nugget of gold in there somewhere. Yeah, that was
0: that was huge. That is so huge. Holy shit! To see, to witness your thoughts changing. I think people don't realize this is what actually happens when you change. When people say change is it real? It absolutely is. That's the witnessing of it because you notice your old thought come in. And then you notice your new thought and then you're like, hang on, which one is, what is happening right now? Which one is true? My new thought sounds right. Why is this old thought still exist? And there's that little glitch in the time space where (laughs) there's like a little argument and you have to be like, wait, what's happening? But that you get to witness that and go, that's actually not useful anymore. That way of being isn't serving me and that's what led me to pain. And I don't have to choose that anymore. Is so beautiful, and I love the gentleness in, you know, to other women. Then it's okay to slip up. Um, I also believe like everyone comes into your path for a reason, and those experiences. I think it's beautiful that you allowed yourself to kiss him, as comical as that is, and how against your rules it was. I, yeah, also had. I don't. I don't really call it a slip up. It's just what happened through my celibacy. I changed my rules slightly with this man that I was that I met and it was it ended up being a really beautiful lesson of how can you still be intimate with a man without having sex. So we didn't have sex but we did other things and I also had like no kissing as a rule cuz it was just intimacy and like pleasure in a way but just no penetration. I was like no sex this is like no sex I'm celibate. And yeah, me at the start of my celibacy, that would have been a strong no. And it didn't happen again after this. But for that little slip up, it was a really beautiful lesson to receive and to feel the difference, to feel like I don't need to, as you said, have sex with him because I'm sleeping next to him. I can just sleep next to him. Like Intimacy gets to be in these moments. Intimacy gets to be so much deeper than just a quick fuck and like that's all. Or you know, really great sex, it actually gets to be in those moments of intimacy without that. And so, yeah, I love that. (laughs) Slip-ups get to be such beautiful lessons as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So you said there were moments after that that you regretted that, that you went into that shame and that, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. That's not what I wanted to do. Do you have any words for women that feel that? Do you mean if they're practicing intentional celibacy and they have gotten someone or just in general, if they're making love and, and then they feel shame and guilt afterwards? Do you know what? I feel in general because, yeah, we're talking about celibacy, but it's actually about intimacy and so much deeper. And it's not uncommon to feel that way, to do things like how you had that old story in your mind coming through. Like, I feel like I should do this. I feel like I should do this for validation. I feel like they're expecting me to do this. So I will. Or. Maybe your body wants to, but your mind doesn't. So you do it anyway. Like that. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah. And, you
1: know, yes, I experienced that in that moment. And there have been so many times throughout my life, exactly what we're saying, where I have experienced shame and guilt afterwards. Like I've even made love with someone during it, feeling shame and guilt and not even enjoying it, not even being present. And then, and, and then afterwards, like, and then many, many times where I've experienced shame and guilt afterwards. And I think, I think my words for any woman and my words for, for my younger self as well who was going through that would be like, our, our, and our body doesn't lie. Our body is not lying to us. Our body is not tricking us. Our body is trying to communicate with us. And so if we're feeling these things within our body, especially during or after, of like, oh my God, that actually did not feel what I wanted to do. That that didn't feel right, that didn't feel um like an honoring of myself to to first have forgiveness, and have softness and gentleness with ourselves of like we are learning, we are here, we are learning that this is so different to what we've grown up with knowing. Exactly what I said before. We've grown up, I know for myself and a lot of women, grown up thinking we had to have sex with a man, and so having softness and gentleness with ourselves around, we are rewiring this within our brain, and we are dearmoring our heart and softening into our into our pleasure into what we actually want. So, yeah, my first thing would be to it, it's okay if you are feeling shame and guilt. You don't need to shame yourself even more for feeling these things, but also loving yourself and forgiving yourself of like, okay, I I did what I, what I knew in that moment. And it's really about how we move forward with it. So you having these feelings, like, what are they telling you? What are you going to do with these feelings now that they've become really clear? Now that that it's clear what your body's feeling, it's clear what your body is telling you, then what? Then what do you do? And it might take two more times. It might take ten more times before the the message really drops in. You know, especially if it's a deeply rooted pattern of, you know, having sex for validation or having sex for whatever. You know, it might take longer for some women than it does for other women to to fully step out of this. And you might think you've stepped out of it and then five years later you just do it you know and then you feel you feel it again it's like it's a reminder so yeah I think my words would be to come into softness with yourself to accept what you what you did not what you did is a bad thing but to accept how things played out yeah to accept how things unfolded and you did the best in that moment you did what you did what, what am I trying to say like with the knowledge and the awareness you had in that moment, that is what happens. And that is completely perfect. There's more than perfect. Yeah, and just look for, ask yourself, why Why am I feeling shame? What was it about that? And just go deep, go deep into yourself. Ask your, ask your psyche, like, what is going on there, man? Like, why am I feeling these things? I don't know. Just keep going down until you, yeah, it, it will... And when you start to ask yourself these and you can ask the universe to support you in figuring out these things, it will become clear. And maybe for you that means you, know, you don't want to have one-night stands anymore. Or maybe for you it's like you don't want to be on Tinder anymore. You know, whatever resolution or whatever steps you feel you need to make for you to honour yourself, I would, I would say, yeah, I would say if you're feeling shame and guilt, it's probably a huge um, indication that you might not be honoring yourself and actually tuning into your body
0: before. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And you touched on something that is very, very, very deep, which is that, you know, it actually runs very deep in our unconscious mind. And like a lot of the work that I do that comes up is the inner child work, the deep unconscious wounds. And that is actually just it playing out in another form. Like it's actually just a wounded part of you from something that happened or something that you've picked up from your mom or whoever, maybe it runs down in your family generation, your bloodline, that there is shame around this. So it's not your fault that you're carrying it out again. If it is, it's just, you know, this is just an opportunity for you you to heal it. And I actually have to say, if you're listening to this conversation, you're already healing it. By being in this world where you're listening to podcast episodes about this stuff, you're already healing the pattern, no matter what work you do after this. Should you choose to not do anything or you choose to take it a step further and do practices with other women and be in groups and really devote your time to yourself, you've already done it. <laughs> you've already done it. And Georgie, haven't tapped on to tapped into and I'm feeling him in this conversation, because you are actually in a beautiful, loving relationship now. Right. And you you can speak into this in a second, but you've called this in so beautifully. And it is so divine because there are so many women, I myself being one of them, like I just finished my celibacy. I'm not in a relationship yet. And not that the goal is relationship, but it is healing the pattern. And you have, you did. And yeah, I just, I find that so amazing and beautiful. And I say this to you so often as a woman that is single, it is so inspiring to see as in, yes, it's possible for you. Like, yes, it's absolutely possible for you. We're not just talking the talk. This is real. And when you change yourself, you will change who you are attracted to and you will call in people who will serve you in your highest good. And I just got goosebumps all over. And I just love that. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. If-, if no one can see, I don't know, if people can't see the video, we are both just, like, smiling. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so yeah, I... um after my 13 moons ended, two weeks later, I, uh, I met my partner that I'm with now. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. And I, we've been together for almost in like two weeks, in three weeks, it's less than three weeks. It's our third year anniversary. Wow. So I really feel like him coming into my life was the biggest reward from doing so much work on myself and for for just devoting that time to myself and I think this is really I'm going to share this story because it's really this is really pivotal so even my last like towards the end of my celibacy journey like the last month I I met this man and you know, we were just like friends you we were just chatting, and he asked me, he said, after oh, so what are you what are you looking for? what are you after and it was in that moment where I was I felt like, oh, maybe, I't do know, maybe he's into me, maybe he's asking me like what I want and so i I did this old thing that I used to do where I would um come off as, like, the really chill girl, the really cool girl who who doesn't want a partner, who is just super relaxed and happy to go with the flow. So that's basically how I approached that. I was basically just said, oh, you know, I told him about my journey and what I was on because, you know, that's what he was asking. Um, but it, it kind of ended with me saying, yeah, I'm super open. I'm open to a, you know, a casual fling. Not like right this second, but as I come out of my my journey, um, I'm not really looking for anything in particular. It was very wishy washy. There was no like it was blah blah blah. And then yeah, never saw him again, like whatever. But I remember like thinking afterwards like, God, like that's what are even that's not even what I want. I don't even know what I want right now because yeah, like it was, he caught me off guard and I reverted back to this old pattern. And then I think it was like a few weeks later, I, I met this other man and he asked me the same thing. He said, Oh, so what are you, what are you looking for? What do you want? And it was in that moment where I just had the courage to say exactly what I wanted. What was that? Yeah. It was like, because the reason I had avoided saying what I wanted so many times because I didn't want the other person to feel like I was putting this expectation on them Mm -hmm. so I just avoided saying it but in that moment I was like no I'm I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna say what I want and I just said you know what I've been on this journey and I feel like I'm I would be open to welcoming in like a partner like I feel like I'm the next thing I want is a relationship. And it was like, I don't, I don't really care how long it takes. Like, I'm happy with myself. I love my life right, right now. I love where I'm at. And, you know, I'm, I'm so ready for a relationship. And he was like, that's beautiful. And that was that, you know, never saw him again. And then, yeah, I think it was probably four weeks. It's very blurry. It's like timeline now yeah about four weeks afterwards I actually met met my partner and it was yeah so beautiful we actually met on tinder (laughs) no yeah because I was on tinder at this point and just like see what's out there I don't know if you're ever even you're single you're on tinder it's quite fun you know you just swiping and yeah and then we matched and he ended up coming over and um he was actually traveling around Australia and he, he just wanted to come over to have a shower because the night before it was raining and all his swag got, got drenched. So he just wanted to
0: come and have a shower. He actually said to me, do you have a fireplace and do you have tea? This is such a travel. I think you only understand this if you're a traveler because that is such a normal thing. Like someone that travels, you're like, I just really want a hot shower. Like it's actually not weird unless.
1: like, Yeah, 100%. And you'll get this if you're a traveler too. He rocked up with a bag full of stuff to charge. He brought like a power bank, like two or three power banks, like his phone, one of his friend's fucking speakers, and like a big fuck-off speaker as well. First time you've seen it. but we actually, Well, he didn't bring it in the first time I seen him, but he had his backpack on full of like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then anyway, so, so what's really funny is When we first started um, conducting, he was traveling. And because I was a traveler, I had no intention to stop him from traveling. Like I wanted him to continue traveling and that was such a big thing. And um, he, but where am I going with this? He was actually the one, like at that point, you know, I'd been on this journey. I felt so whole within myself. I felt so in love with myself. I felt in this deep inner union with self. And so I was, yes, I was calling in like ready for a relationship but I was also like hey I'm also loving myself so much and like loving my life so much right now that I don't even need for a relationship like I'm so happy if if this if this is just this one moment this is just one night and yeah he after I think a few dates because he was traveling so Every time we saw each other I felt like it was going to be the last time we would see each other. Um, but anyways, after a few times, he's one that who said to me, Like, I want I would only want to be with you. Like, I don't want this to be an open thing. Although I should say, when he was traveling, we did say, like, if we meet anyone, don't act on it. Just bring it to the container and let's just be open. Let's just chat about it first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, him coming in with this like if I am going to, like, be with you and make love with you, I don't really want you making love with anyone else, which, yeah, at that time was like, oh, my God, you know, that I'd never never had that before. I'd never had a man come and say that to me. So it was also a shock. It was like everything I wanted was in front of me.
0: And then, yeah. And so after that point, like, that is so special. First of all, that is so, so, so special, like, within a few weeks for it just to be a perfect partner that you get to and it's didn't it's not so serious straight away right you still got to play and warm into this whole new freaking way of being and this whole new experience and so I guess after that what happened did you just go straight into relationship did he stay
1: so we spent maybe like while he was still in the area we spent maybe like we started to know twice a week and then he kept traveling and then um, he would come and visit for maybe like three days and then go away for two weeks and then come back for three days and then go away for two weeks. So it was, we were dating, but it was like this dragged out kind of long distance thing. And so for the whole year, um, yeah, at the beginning when he was still on the East Coast. It was like a two-week in between, but then as he went down south and went to snow, we ended up being like two to three months at a time when we wouldn't see each other. So we ended up spending the whole first year in long distance while he was still travelling and I was still um, living on the Sunshine Coast, which was so perfect because by the time my celibacy ended, I'd been single for six years. So I wasn't – I didn't need to see this person every day you know and it was this beautiful unfolding and this beautiful like slowly falling in love over over this long distance time and when yeah like I said before when he was traveling when we had those larger months apart yeah we did say to each other um if you do meet someone just like let's just talk about it first so we're really open and really clear and neither of us ever met anyone like there was just no one else that came into either of our lives that made us want to you know explore that like there was just no other um yeah it just it just was so easy and so throughout that so much trust was built and so much depth from this long distance and every time we would see each other it would just be so magic like I flew down to where he was like he came back with me and yeah, it was, it was really magic.
0: Hmm. That's so beautiful. And so, I guess, all of those, like if we lead back to what we were speaking about before, all those self practices that you now learn how to do, do you think that they helped you keep that intimacy between him? Because like, you're just cultivating on your own, right? Being so far away, this is such an interesting part of the story, right? Like, because you expect, oh, I just get to share it with someone now. But actually, did you continue? I imagine it's just as important, and it did it help that relationship that you had built this stuff inside of you? A hundred percent because when the first time we were meant to be intimate, I
1: remember even asking him like so so what do you like what do you like? what are you into? you know, and I would have never opened up that conversation prior to just jumping in before because because now by that point I had Cultivated this like ecstatic lovemaking with myself, and so I wasn't going to settle for anything less. And so it wasn't like, "What are you into? Are you worthy?" But it was just like, "What are you into? Like, tell me what you're dreaming of. What you're into. Do you like this? do You like that?" And it's just this really fun, playful conversation. And so I think it it dropped us into like really deep tantric lovemaking really quickly. And so we were able to work with that. And then when we weren't together, I was able to come back into my centre, which is, like, what I'm really, like, passionate about and he's passionate about as well. And we were able to go back into our own centres, back into our own inner unions, and then when we were together, we were able to explore our union together. So all those practices I did led me to that point of being able to be in a long-distance relationship and feel completely amazing on my own I feel completely amazing with him so it you know gets to be both and both realities get to exist within 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 each other and even right now like it, we saw each other a few weeks ago um I didn't see him for two months and then he came here for three weeks and now he's gone for five and then I'll go back over so it'll be another five weeks in in total for this little stint so we still
0: chuck in Little to long distance stint, yeah, we're so okay with that, and yeah. How do you find keeping that intimacy? I guess I, I'm thinking both because I hear people asking that, but also inside of yourself because I think all those old programs are they completely gone? Like all those old programs that exist of the shame of that, am I not good enough? Am I worthy enough? Has this experience of celibacy and now your devotion union to self. Are those thoughts truly gone or do you still get them every now and then? Got you thinking on that one.
1: Yeah, because I don't want to say they're completely gone because is anything ever completely gone? I'm sure sure as soon as I say this it'll resurface. But it's so few and far between. Like, yes, I still feel like am I worthy with other random areas of life, but within my self-love and within my relationships, like almost never, like I would be confident in saying that, like, I almost never feel within our relationship in my partnership with Denzel that I feel unworthy or, you know, that I don't feel loved or I don't feel met or seen. Like that is, it's just not, yeah, that doesn't come up. But if I am feeling unworthiness, it's maybe, um, in my
0: business or in another area of life, different shadows, but that's so beautiful that that happens that is the reward of the work that you've created a relationship in which that is the reality because for me as like if I'm to speak about my past self hearing that I would have been like what what do you mean you can actually just feel content and in love and not scared that they'll leave you like coming from a place where I was in toxic toxic fucked relationships with like terrible men and this work is about changing that story and I know you've also experienced pain in your past relationships in the past and that now that we like that you get to say that and for other women to hear that, that it's actually possible to have a relationship where you can be on the other side of the country and still feel so connected and so in love and still so sure of what you have built because you both have that in a union. And then as you just said, so beautifully, like you have that devotion to each other And that together as well yeah
1: yeah it's yeah actually amazing I never thought I'd be someone who would be in a long distance relationship or be able to do that and yeah and I think it's just from us both being so committed to our relationship you know like we're we're committed to it and we know that so I feel like when you have this deep commitment like when you have this safety that is verbalized and, and felt like, there's really no other way to go. You know, like, if, if you're choosing to, to pick fear over that, then that's, you know, that's like, why, why would you put yourself through that when you can choose to surrender into this and you can choose to love and you can choose to fall deeper into trust. And so, yeah, like, if anyone's watching this, I, yeah, it's, it's crazy for, I guess myself four years ago would have never thought of this type of relationship. What exists? I remember after like when I was 19 20 21 22 I avoided relationships because I didn't think they were healthy I wasn't shown a healthy relationship growing up I didn't really know anyone in a loving healthy relationship that I looked up to and yeah now to be experiencing that like it is possible and it is possible for anyone and everyone you know and yeah, I'm grateful for my relationship every day and it just deepens over time. And with, with the distance, it's just actually deepening mm-hmm. and it's it bringing to awareness of like, like I used to, actually, this is really interesting. Um, our first maybe like year of long distance, I, I very rarely missed him as as such. And it wasn't until last year when I went to India where I really missed him for the first time in our relationship and I got to rewrite my whole story on what it's like to miss someone because before I was just I don't know maybe thinking that if I miss someone it would just take me out of the moment or It would mean I'm not being present or you know maybe I was like too attached to this person but yeah being able to miss him and still live my life and still enjoy my life and be completely present and everything I do has been again such a gift of of like multi multi multi-dimensionally but experiencing so many things at once right like you get to miss someone you get to be in love with someone and you get to just fucking do what you want and love your life and and be in your center and make choices from your heart and follow your path and Mm -hmm. have that on with your partner and have that
0: And you honour their part as well. Beautiful. What a loop back. And I guess it just keeps coming back to this point, which is actually what you choose to do with yourself is the utmost importance. Like what thoughts are you choosing to follow? What are you choosing to believe in yourself? Are you choosing to change your story if old thoughts do keep coming up? Because ultimately it's a reflection of you, right? It's what you're saying. Like, If you are comfortable in yourself and strong enough and able to miss him and cultivate these things, you're not going to bring the insecurity to the table. You're not going to bring all those old shadows and old like past relationship troubles to him because you've cultivated so much deep trust and love inside of yourself that it's unshakable. That word's coming through. It's like unshakable love. It's like I love myself so freaking much. I've cultivated so much union inside of myself that no matter what the fuck happens outside, I am good. Like I am good. And I'm sure that he reflects that back to you, right? Of course. 100%. And we always
1: say this. We've always said this from the start of like, we are committed to our lives together. We are committed to this relationship. And, but I mean, not but, but like, and if anything was to happen, that's okay. Like, that would be how it's unfolded. You know, it's not like I would die without you. Yes. It's like we are deeply committed. We are deeply in love. There is no other like, life path that we're thinking of that we want to be together and if something happened we would cross that bridge when it came to it you know and I think that even just that in itself maybe like allows this freedom of like we don't we don't plan to break up I hope we never fucking do you know but it's like if it did like I I would be okay he would be okay you know he
0: loves himself enough to move through that and I love myself enough to move through that yeah you just sparked a story inside, like a story that I remember and I have to share because what you just said was such a pivotal moment for me to hear, like what, three or four years ago now? It was when, so I'd ended my situation relationship with this guy that I was on and off for 10 years with and I was starting to rewrite my story and I was like, okay, I don't actually know how to be in a relationship and what the fuck? And I met this guy and I was like so triggered by him in the best ways. Like he was calm, he was safe, he was fun. He always like messaged me and wanted to see me. And my internal dialogue was like, ah, I don't know how to do this. What is happening? (laughs) Like, So I met this lady on Instagram, Lindsay Rain, who I did a relationships course with her. And she was in a beautiful partnership with her. They, They now have two kids together. They're still together. And back then she said to me, you don't have to know. This is her phrase. Like, you don't have to know. You don't have to know the outcome. Like, she looked at me in a healthy relationship saying, I don't know if we're going to be together next year. I don't know if we're going to be together in 10 years. And that's okay. She's like, I love him in this moment and I hope we are together, but it's actually okay if we're not. And me, this, like, that was so pivotal for me to hear to go, you don't need to cling. You just get to love without expectations and to love someone in the moment. And obviously, I didn't learn it straight away. It's, I mean, it still drips in every time when I hear these things. I'm like, that's right. You don't have to know how things are going to end. Like, you don't have to be locked into somebody till you die, no matter what, if it doesn't actually serve you or them. And it gets to be loving that whole journey. And they are still together and they do have a beautiful family that just keeps growing. Right. And, I mean, I doubt they will ever break up, but she still has that intention, which is like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, and it's okay. Mm, yeah,
1: yeah, 100%. And d- having that awareness, having that, I guess, like perspective does not mean you don't love this person, <laughs> like does not change your love for this person. You know, that your love for this person is only deepening day by day. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in the relationship. So, yeah, I guess that perspective now feels just feels so natural, just feels what's right. But there was definitely a time like so many of my years where that would have never been a thing. Yeah,
0: like no way. Like even for you, I just said life four times, but for you to hear that and to say that and know that and still have that love is so beautiful. And I wonder if that sparks anything in everyone anyone else that's listening right now and... How you said it deepens and what is it? It's without the clinging, right? Because love isn't clinging. And I think we're looping. It keeps coming back to that celibacy and that union with self. When you are whole inside of yourself, you don't need anything external to fill you. So then you can love like from a full cup, right? You're not you're not loving for somebody else to fill your cup. You're loving and giving and receiving, but it's, it's full. It comes from this full place.
1: Yeah, it's like loving because I love myself. And because this is what I choose. Oh, that's potent. Say, I'm loving because I choose myself. Yeah. Well, I said, I'm loving because I'm loving this person because I love myself and this is what I choose. That's what I choose to pour my energy into, not, not, oh, well, there's so many stories we could go into about what else it could be. <laughs> yeah. Which is like what I'm like, I need to love this person. Yeah. Like if I don't, oh my God, no one else is going to love me. I have to love this person. I have to put up with this person. Oh, God, I hate
0: myself, but, like, this person loves me. hmm Yes. Yes, which is, like, settling for just someone that is showing you attraction or someone, like, yeah. and you're up in each other and those don't end well. Those relationships don't end well because you haven't chosen yourself in it and you're choosing out of scarcity, out of lack, rather than out of... Abundance, that's what I And mean. yeah. um, out of, like, I guess, love. Yeah, exactly. Mm, this is the belief that I have so strongly now, like, unshakable strength in that anybody that I bring into my life is going to be, like, a benefit to my life, not something that I need or, you know what I mean, I'm not lacking anything, but it's going to accentuate what is already here. And, yeah, I wonder if that's one of the key things and people that are in a re- relationships already... Like, does your partner bring benefit to you? Or
1: at the end of my celibacy, I had that exact, I remember writing it a million times. Like, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in a beautiful relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. And if anyone is to come into that little bubble, then yeah, they do have to make it better. You know, like, why would I be with anyone who's just going to make my life hard or like not? Yeah. And like, yes, relationships are hard, but why would I be with someone who's Who's not meeting me? Who's not seeing me? Who's not like, yeah, in? Who doesn't feel right in my bubble? And this is so funny, but maybe this is like a bit of my pickiness uh, in the beginning of our relationship. I remember so many times being like, questioning him a little bit, like, is he making my life better? You know, like really thinking about it before deeply, deeply falling into it. And that was really good about the long distance; it gave us these time apart to to question these things and just to be really sure. And even though, and a lot of the things that came up when I was questioning him, um, like is he making my life better? Like, <laughs> what I noticed throughout all of those moments was the the reasons I would come up with as to why he's not maybe compatible or not enough or not whatever. They were all coming from my my mind, and I knew that. And when I dropped into my body. It was always a yes. It was always a yes. Like this is, this person is is here. Like this person is safe to explore. You want you, my body wants this. And it was always the mind that was trying to create reasons of why it wouldn't work or things I wouldn't like about him or, or things that, you
0: know, whatever. So yeah, that was also really interesting to observe. Yeah. And I, like you've used the word question him, but I think you're really just checking in with yourself, right? I think a lot of people like questioning, like, oh, did he like a bit judgmental? But I think it's really beautiful. Like the checking in with yourself constantly, like, okay, actually, is this what I wanted? Yeah. I just said all this stuff. Is this in alignment with it? It's so strong, like that you are unwaver- unwaverable in that is so beautiful. And Was it always a yes? Like maybe not, maybe you're right. As you said, the stories come out in your head and the fact that you're able to tune into your intuition, which I'm just going to go ahead and say probably strengthened through that time with yourself because you get to know your physical body to feel the different sensations of when it's a yes and when it's a no. And then when it's a no, you can back off. And if it's a yes, you get to shut your mind off and go, mind be quiet. (laughs) It's a yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%
1: 100% you strengthen that you strengthen your yes and no and you get that and it gets quicker you know it gets quicker over time and I love I love that rephrase of, yeah it was just checking in with myself you know and yeah there were some things where I, I can't really remember now there was one thing I won't go into it but there was one thing where I was like oh don't really know but that was actually coming from my from my childhood that was coming from the way my dad um showed up in this world and it was something I I had Expected men to do and so yeah but but even even though that was like a no I, I still went with it because my heart and my gut and my all my other centers were like fuck yes and it's interesting you know through our relationship that no like even before when I was checking with myself I even asked him like is this something that you whatever and and he was like yeah yeah you know, I, I would do that like I'm interested in that that's something I just haven't had the chance to explore yet in my life and so yeah, over these three years now, relationship, I've watched that. No, I've watched what I once doubted. You could say like blossom, you know. And and I've watched him step more into that as well. So it, it's hard to describe without using the word, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is like I still trusted my heart. I still trusted my gut. And he watching him evolve, watching his evolution, watching his growth. Because we're all still growing, right? Like there's probably things within me that like I'm, like, there's definitely things within me where I'm still growing on and I'm still coming into and it's the same for your partner. You're right, right? So expecting them to be this finished end result isn't, isn't sustainable and isn't fair on anyone. So yeah, I think it's okay to, it's okay to check in yourself and know that like, okay, that part didn't really align, but I'm trusting my body. I'm trusting my heart. I'm trusting my women more than anything. And then to magically see that part that was, you were unsure about transform.
0: Like, that, that's really beautiful. Mm, that's so important that you mentioned that because it's so true. And everyone's a mirror, but your partner, people that you date, are a freaking big mirror right in front of your face of all of the parts of yourself that you want to pretend aren't there. Like, they will mirror all of the parts of you that you don't like about yourself or that you don't like about your family. And you're going to see them because. It makes you uncomfortable, like, and it's going to be blown up way out of proportion in your mind because to you it's a really big deal, even if it actually wasn't something that if you were to actually speak about later, it was something that you should be worried about. But in the moment and in your body, it feels like it brings up all of the bad. I don't like using the word bad. It brings up all of the shadow and all of the pain that exists. Like for me, um, I'm going to share this a little bit. It's like. I grew up with anger in my family and like, little patience. So what I cultivate now in my life is peace and calm and patience. is like my number one thing that I still work on and I'm still learning how to perfect it, and I probably will until I die. However, when I see guys that I date be angry or be impatient, it's like alarm bells in my head. I'm like, it's a red flag. How do flag to Like I guess they're back and be like, no, it's okay. And to hear you say that, you know, you get to work through it together and those things that used to be alarm bells for you turn into things that flourished. I think that's a really beautiful reminder. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I I
1: feel like I should, because it's actually kind of the opposite. Okay. Because I'll just explain it. Okay. (laughs) We get the inside scoop. Yeah, so I grew up with my dad who like built our house with like a mechanic was an electrician and like just was like a like like built was in the air force built planes like was a full handyman you could say and when I met like he didn't have a trade or anything so I was actually judging him of like not being man enough because mm-hmm. my dad had you know shown us I guess like you know I, I just watched that and that's what I thought a man was and so, yeah, when I met Denzel and he didn't have a trade, I was like, what? Like, and growing up in Makai from Makai, every dude has a trade. Yeah. Like, you know, and so that was really something I had to confront of like, oh God, like, like that was just something I was expecting. And that was a shadow of mine to, to put that pressure on someone, you know, and, um, the
0: expectations,
1: expectations. And it's interesting though, like something I, a gold nugget I took from that was like, And so, yes, now, like, I watch Denzel build things all the time. I watch him fix things all the time. Like, that has, that part of him has totally evolved. And, you know, I've been able to watch that, which has been so beautiful. And yes, it's this primal thing within us as well, you know? Um, And I also didn't say, oh, yeah, something. So, so, yes, my dad was like this amazing handling man, could do anything, but like, emotionally, he wasn't available. You know, and so I also got to look at Denzel, my partner, and be like, wow, he's, like, the most emotionally available, emotionally mature person I've ever met in my life. And so it's, like, and then these skills are coming, right? These skills, like, he's building. I mean, he was only, what, 26 when I met him. So it's, like, he's still got his whole life ahead to build these skills, and it was something he was really into. He just never had the opportunity to. And so, yeah, I also got to look at, like, you know, what, what is more important, like someone who can fix the drain or someone who can actually hold you, someone who can actually be with you, someone who can, like, hold you in those moments where it's hard, a, a really beautiful life partner, someone who can communicate. No, so but I think to also look at that part,
0: look at my values. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can learn things that, that you can learn or things that make them their character.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you can always learn how to fix something how to build a house you know but like creating like their real deep character like how soft is their heart are they able to be vulnerable like these things take a lot more I mean you know they take a lot more um de-armoring yes and so beautiful and you get to grow with like you get to grow together Um, exactly and And now I watch him build things I'm like god
0: it gets to be both yeah (laughs) that's what I was gonna say how funny is that as like I don't know if all women like this but I'm like that like it's so nice to have a man that can build things I don't know what this is and this is so not a spiritual conversation but like it's it exists like I want a man that can fix things and like that's so funny hearing you say that you got this like you're like you're not a man because you can't fix things like my dad like it's just like an unconscious <laughs> belief that comes in huh it's so fascinating yeah I mean
1: it's it's so hot like it is that primal like oh, this man can take care of me. Like, there's this primal instinct of, like, this man can provide, this man can take care of me. Yeah. And, or, yeah, and it's hot. Like, hot. you know, the, I love a man in a fucking tradie outfit and his boots on, you
0: know? Like, that is hot. <laughs> I know, I actually, like, it was a bit of a joke, but uh, up until moving to Queensland, every single guy I dated was a tradie. I was like, I just like tradies. Like, it was like, and it was then it got to the point where if I liked a guy who was a tradie, I was like, okay, I can't date you because like I was like, I need to take space from the tradies, okay. need to fix it up. But it's such a true thing. Like, actually, I think it is in our roots, in our deep unconscious spiritual soul level as women that men can take care of us, that we want to be taken care of. I have been really diving into this and it feels still a little bit taboo to speak about, but I, I definitely really believe in the the masculine and the feminine and the feminine being the nurturer and the man being the, the carer or you know the provider. And yes, that fluctuates. It's not a straight answer, but I think it's really beautiful when you do feel like that because that knowing, oh my gosh, I can, can surrender. Our home is going to be okay. We're going to be taken care of. I can do all of this stuff to nurture our relationships, to make sure he's okay, to make sure I'm okay. It just creates that space and I think it's really important and it's hot.
1: Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, it's, it's the roles, it's the roles that we play and that they were, it's how, it's how it is because it it works. And yes, there's so much nuance in it. And yes, you, you can swap and change between all that it because it all exists within us. But yeah, like there's so much beauty and so much death, depth. Sorry. In, in, yeah, in. Surrendering into your feminine and allowing the masculine to provide and allowing the masculine to take charge and to care for to care for you, to care for the family in a way that the feminine doesn't. And so yeah, they will play their role and they play their part. And there's it's so magical. It's so um yeah, it's the roles. It's the roles that those energies play.
0: Yeah. It's so important. The unlearning, like you just said that. The woman doesn't have to do everything. It doesn't have to, you don't have to do everything on your own. Like that, like you said at the start, like I can work hard, I can do all this, I can make the money, I can do everything on my own, I don't need a man. It's the unlearning of that, to learn how to receive and to let a man do things for you. Like I remember I still, I struggled letting a man like carry things for me. I actually met a woman that I was traveling like ish. like I met her and the guy that works there, like a big Masculine Guatemalan man, and he was like, "Let me take your bags like down to the street." It was like a really long, rocky road. We had big suitcases, and he was like, "Let me take it." And she went to go, like, "No, no, no, I can take it." And I was like, "Let, like, take it. Like, you can be the man. I'll receive this offer as a woman, and no, I don't have to c- carry it. I don't have to do it on my own. I can let him be in his masculine, and it actually supports their role too. I feel like it allows them to be strong and feel strong and to give." And it's just, it feels right. And it definitely isn't unlearning. I'm going to say that because we've learned how to be the opposite. (laughs) We're not naturally like that. And it feels like if I think of the feeling when you want to do everything on your own, it's really closed. It's like, I can do it all on my own. Like, I don't need anyone's help. And it feels enclosing. Whereas when you actually open and go, I'm going to let someone help me and provide for me and help me with this. It just feels so expansive. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love
1: that example of the bags, the man. Like, yes, let him carry them. If he's offering, yeah, he, he wouldn't be offering if he's not. The, if he doesn't bring in this deep joy, this deep fulfillment to actually support the feminine. Mm-hmm. So, like, let yeah, it's yeah, you am know, like yeah, okay, thank you. Like, I will receive that.
0: We yeah, I to do something else, right? Oh my gosh, this other droplet. But this, you just sparked so much in me. The stories. Because this even happened, I hear it happened with women, especially like in my field of work. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people, women starting their own businesses and have big missions, and a lot of people calling in money. And it's like, okay, is it okay if I call in money and it comes from my partner? Is it okay that if I call in money, it actually means he makes more money because that actually supports me? Like it doesn't have to all come through my personal way, it also gets to come through this way because he is the provider. And when I call in and I manifest and I do this energetic work, it actually, is it okay that he brings it in? Like, you know, it's playing with this new energetic space.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And I guess, like, depending how deep in partnership you are, you know, I, I don't know, like, if you've been together for 10 years or something, like, your money, doesn't matter where it's coming from, it's becoming your money, mm-hmm. becoming the partnership's money, you know? So it's, like, it doesn't matter, like, there's, there's roles that people are playing that are energetically evening out sealed anyway. So it's always even. And yeah, actually I felt that last year where I wasn't earning so much and I was actually paying off a lot of debt and my partner was mainly, he was the one that was paying for all the food, was the one that was paying for everything. It just felt so good to, to know that in that moment I was supported and I was taken care of. Mm. And that polarity might change. You know, there'll be times where I'm earning more money and he's not earning so much. Actually, just a few weeks ago when he came to visit, he didn't have a job because it was only here for three weeks that I had been. So then I was paying for things, which was amazing because, you know, that's just what it was in that time. And then the times where he is working more and earning more and is paying for more, like that's also just feels so fucking
0: good, you know, and I'm able to receive that to play in the paradox like we keep saying yeah the rules exist but you do flow between and it's that flexibility of behavior and the strength in yourself as individuals to be able to flow in between and still come back to wholeness always like because it it's giving out of love yeah Mm, so beautiful so beautiful so i think we've spoken about so many different incredible (laughs) avenues and topics throughout this and I know deeply that whatever was supposed to land for who's listening has landed and we could keep talking for hours, I think, <laughs> and we will do another one again. No, I just love the work that you're doing and that we get to have these conversations and the expansion. And I know you've currently got a group of women that you're deepening that devotion to self with, which is powerful, very important work. So thank you for doing that work for starters and devoting yourself to that and that we get to have this conversation to share it to many, many other women that may not necessarily be able to have these conversations because what you consume changes your reality. And if you're not in a circle where these conversations are normal, wherein it is. Like It's part of your world now. You're sitting here with us. And yeah, I'm wondering, Georgia, if there's anything that you would like to say to somebody that has doubted their, their self. Their self as a whole, or their doubt about the future of the possibilities. I wonder if you have a message for those people.
1: Mm, I
0: guess my message be:
1: it's so natural to doubt ourselves, so natural to to be unsure of what's going to happen. It's so natural to fear things. My invitation is to look around, look at this fucking universe. Like we're actually human beings that can do things, and we can evolve and we're growing and we come out as a little baby and we grow into these amazing humans and like everything is so magic like we have an ocean full of animals the most incredible animals you could ever imagine there's so many multi-dimensions here like this world is so magic and I think when if you lose doubt within yourself you can always come back to remembering that you are so magic because this universe is so magic and you are just the universe in a human form. So that in itself, everything exists within you all the time, just as everything is existing in your reality all the time. So I think my words would be like, if you're doubting yourself, just trust. come into your wholeness. Remember that you are whole. Remember that you have everything you need within you. And if that's hard to remember, then then look around, look at the magic. Like, it is undeniable and it is a reflection of you. You would not be here if it wasn't for all this magic around you. It would not exist without you. So I guess my words would be, yeah, that, like, you are fucking magic and everything exists within you and you have the strength that you need to do whatever you want whatever you need, whatever is coming through, whatever wants to be birthed, it's all within you. And, yeah, the world is so magical. The world is so beautiful and it's all a reflection of you.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely perfect. I think that's what I want to say. I don't actually know. (laughs) That's what came out, so that's exactly perfect. That's exactly perfect. That's how it gets to be. Thank you so much for joining us, Georgia. I really, really loved having this expansive, juicy conversation with you, and so I'll link your Instagram in the in the bio, in the caption thing. And just so, what is the best place for people to reach you if they want to chat to you? Um, so the best place to reach
1: me is probably on Instagram. Uh, it's at Gypsy, so it's at Gypsy Fairy Pirate Witch. Um, gypsy is spelled G Y P S E A. Fairy is spelled F A E R I E, and pirate and witch is spelled normally, um, like all well, the way that you would spell it. Um, so there's that one. My other Instagram is at Bodies in Union. This is my celebrant page. That B O D I E S in Union. I'll type it out so
0: people can read to read it for the spelling. Yeah. So both people can reach you there, and definitely have a look at her work with celebrants. It's very cool stuff. I personally don't know anyone that's done it before. So I find it really fascinating and beautiful. I love what you share there.
1: Thank you, Jess. It's been such a pleasure. I love you and thank you so much for this.
0: Thanks for tuning in to listen to this episode of the podcast. My name is Jess and I've been your host. Le- Go ahead. Mm. Thanks for tuning in to listen to this episode of the podcast. Go ahead and click that little star and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed listening. It helps our show so much. We hope that you got everything that you needed out of today's episode. And as always, DMs are always open. You can go ahead and find me on Rise With Certainty on Instagram. Any feedback, good, bad, and in between is always welcome because these shows, these episodes are for you to help you grow into the best and most expansive version of you yet. Thanks so much for listening and I'll chat to you next time.